This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting great 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds. You're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. I'm joined this week by Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I don't want to step foot in a car for more than like 15 mm-hmm. minutes again for uh, for the at least the rest of this year. We'll Did see. you we'll drive see back home for yeah. the holidays? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, we I was in Oklahoma. Then I was in San Francisco, then I was in Hawaii, then I was in, which like, you know, don't feel bad. Like, you know, these were fun trips. I, yeah, I don't um, feel bad for you, but. Then I, was in, then, I was, then I was in Hawaii, then I was in San Francisco again, then I was in Illinois for like four days, and then we were back in Oklahoma. Um, So like 12 hour drive to and from Oklahoma, like 13 hour, 14 hours, whatever it was on the, on the airport and on planes um i am traveled out and i am very happy to be back home sitting at my desk again i feel like i haven't worked at my desk in like a full it's been it's been a literal month since i've been working at my full desk it feels like everything's been on ipad or laptop it's nice to have two monitors here um which is uh which is definitely first world problems um yeah it is my my husband um has been trying to upgrade his um, home office setup because for him he does a lot of spreadsheets and different things that like it's helpful if you can see across different screens so um, I got him a couple of monitors for um, the holidays and for Christmas and the thing that's like wild is like monitors are not like and I, I say this relatively to like everyone but I'm just saying like I was expecting monitors to cost more than they do now I don't remember the last time I bought a monitor so like going into it I was like sam's club had like 24 inch curved samsung monitors for like 109 dollars, which i don't know what i was expecting but that was like pretty like reasonable so well, it depends on what you get it depends on what you get because i well, have yeah. if you like, need like I, a... I have a i have a curved 34 inch right here 
and that one was like 470 and then i have a 27 inch flat um they're both lg so that's you know you paid a premium for lg but i have one that is specifically used for my playstation 5 the gaming so it ones. has to be gaming yeah and that the gaming one, ones are more expensive i'm not like, going to tell you what the price of that one was that one was expensive i did learn that like if you're going to get a gaming one yeah those are more far more expensive so yeah. he did not need that so like i said i was just expecting like a much different price point and now those were also on sale i will point that out like that's not their normal price point but at the same time i was just like oh you could get like 10 of these if you like in comparison to like what i was like i would like mega desk. just a mega desk <laughs> well i hope everybody listening to this had a good christmas if you celebrate a good holiday season if you don't celebrate christmas Hope everybody got to get, hope everybody got to see family, got to have some off time from work. Aaron and I were talking about before we started podcasting, like this is, this is definitely like the dead period of the work calendar, like mm -hmm. the week between Christmas day and new year's day, where just no one is working. Like my wife right now is technically supposed to be on the clock and, and, you know, has been working for the last few days, but like, she's the only person in her office that is that is on or, or in office or doesn't have like an out of office message where the kids kick back on emails. So hopefully yeah. um, if you are one of those folks that are working, it's not, it's, it's not too much happy lifting. And if you get to be off this time, good for you. Um, yeah. Aaron, I want to open this podcast up with a very, what's going to be a very controversial little opening. I asked you to rank your top five Christmas movies so I want to hear who your number five is or what your number five is. So I just want to point out that like my, I don't watch a lot of movies. So people are going to be like, what is, what is wrong with you? And let me make sure I have all. Yeah. I have my five. And I just need to preface that. Like, I understand I objectively have bad taste in some movies and shows and I don't care. I am at an age in my life that I just don't care. It's entirely based on what I like. So my number five is Christmas Vacation. Number five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to like you're going to get horrified as we continue. <laughs> wow. We're starting off strong. Number yeah. five. Well, um, like it. Trust me. Okay. All right. That's my number one. Mm. That's my number one. So. We got that out of the way. Five for me is Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> yep. If we can say if we can say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Why then not? Why not? I'm putting I'm putting the new Spider-Man movie in the Christmas movie category. The it's the it's the category of movies that take place at Christmas time, but don't actually like involve any kind of like Christmas themes or elements or anything like that. But you can still consider it a Christmas movie because it's yeah. happening around Christmas time. That's what we do with Die Hard. It's true, and, and and has become like the one of the the, the uh, most popular like pop culture things. Is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So I'm going with Spider Man: No Way Home as my number five Christmas movie because it's one of my favorite movies. Just period. So it makes it onto the Christmas list. Okay. Do you watch a lot of Christmas movies in general? You yeah. say you don't watch movies. Do you like? Do you get when it gets to Christmas time? Do you there's feel like the, a the we're about to, to get into Christmas the rotation movie? of the ones that I watch pretty okay. much like. Now, I will say a um, 
caveat to this. I didn't even think about this. I could have put A Nightmare Before Christmas on this list because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. I tend to lean more toward it being a Halloween movie, but I also do like it as a Christmas movie. I did not include it on this list. Okay. But, you know. So we start off with Christmas Vacation. That's like very strong. Where are we going with number four? <laughs> it doesn't get better. Uh, <laughs> I am going to put a Charlie Brown Christmas next. It's not even technically a movie. It's like a 30-minute show, but mm. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. Is that like a – like did you watch it growing up? Oh, yeah. And I yeah. watch it again. Like I watch it every year, sometimes more than once. And as I've gotten older, I've realized how objectively awful everyone is to Charlie Brown. Like he is like bullied, like hardcore bullied bullied now he's kind of a grump at the same time too he's just like bulldozing around being mean to everyone like he's not like mean to everyone but like he's like in charge of the like christmas play and he's like oh everyone's doing a bad job and i'm like charlie brown come on but like everyone is just so mean to him but they all learn the meaning of christmas in the end so it's you know a good movie nice and wholesome my number four is a new one uh have you seen the klaus movie on netflix Mm -mm. animated movie no um it's new but i believe it won an award which was like oscar academy award i don't know what what you get for movies i don't remember which one it is but i think it won an award um it's it's excellent it's very good and i think like alex and i were actually talking about we watched it it maybe came out two or three years ago and i watched it for the first time last year and we were like okay well we're just gonna make this a tradition where this is gonna be our christmas eve movie every year we'll try to make this like a you know when we have a family 50 years from now whenever that might be uh we'll 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 watch this on christmas eve that movie is really good um it's got a lot of people in it too voicing characters which is which is impressive um so that's my number four we've gone christmas vacation at number five we've gone to charlie brown christmas at number four which by the way is just an absurd ordering of those movies but if you're ranking so i will you know it, it's whatever i'm going based on of like how what i will watch like over and over and over no no yeah of course yeah so that is, i want is... people to understand like these are movies like that i will just watch like the in order like as we get to number one like i will watch them multiple times and to be clear because we're doing another one of these in a second that will not be Christmas related. It'll be Nebraska related. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be clear, I asked you for your favorites, not yes. what you think the best are. Your yes. These are your favorites. So exactly. I will give you grief for having Charlie Brown Christmas ahead of Christmas vacation, but it is your favorite. Oh, it's going to get, it's gonna get better. So, so what's ahead of Charlie Brown Christmas at number three? Um, I would say uh, the Grinch stole Christmas, but not the Jim Carrey one. The, uh, the actual original animated one the okay. i really love the original one so okay. that's just a favorite again it's just like it's so easy to watch it over and over and over again do you not like the jim carrey one or is it just if you had a choice between the two you're picking the original animated if i had a choice between the two i like the original my only issue with the jim carrey one is people whenever i have this conversation are like but he's so great in it and i'm like i understand he's a great actor he did a great job in the grinch but it's almost too real like it's almost too much <laughs> where like for me i want kind of just the like frivolousness of it so um while there's a deeper meaning obviously to the grinch and everything else that he learns within that movie like something about the cartoon version of it just like doesn't feel so like I don't know. It's easier to just kind of watch it passively as well. Whereas like the Jim Carrey one is more like you're in it, you're watching this movie and that makeup on that one is also a little more terrifying. So have you watched 
the new animated one, the newer animated one. I think it was Illumination that did it. Mm-mm, people that I did. Um, I haven't watched it either. Yeah, I, no, I was. I saw. I heard the other day, and I did not know this, but the scene in the Jim Carrey one where he goes to pull the tablecloth off the table. And he, he didn't mean to do that. Tab. Yeah, he didn't mean to do that. It was supposed to wreck everything. And so mm-hmm. he pulls it off and everything stays. And then when he walks back over and knocks everything over and knocks the table over, that was just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. good for him. <laughs> um, on that note, my number three is the Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh, relatable. Yeah. So That's synergy. He's, he's excellent. I like how I made like a house like synergy. What's funny because um, Alex and I do the thing where we when we talk about like when we are thinking the same thing or we say the same thing or we kind of have that like synergy moment, mm-hmm. we'll go telepathy. We got that telepathy. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't really know what this means for people that are not watching the YouTube video. I just put my hand on my head and like shake my fingers. I don't really know what that means, but that's what we do. So synergy works too. Sorry. Number two, where you at? Um, Elf. I love Elf. I could watch Elf year round. Like yeah. I love that movie. So you know, good. that movie gets played so much. It does. So you have much. to be, it's kind of like the radio. You got to be careful. You can't just like, you can't just turn on your television and just let it go because you will probably end up watching Elf like 15 times. Elf and Christmas Vacation, it seems like those are like the holiday go-tos for TV channels that want to play Christmas movies. Yeah. And so like, if you are, if you are somebody that has cable or somebody that just like has the TV on, like you could end up watching Elf and Christmas Vacation like 20 times in the month. Because they start, they start playing Elf in like October. Like yeah. that's the other part is they start playing it really early. <laughs> you got to be, you, you got to be intentional about when you watch it so you don't get burnt out on it. But Elf is number mm-hmm. two for me as well. Nice. So. Synergy. We got, we got a little bit of synergy. Um, okay. You know, my number one, my number one is Christmas Vacation. Okay. You have Christmas Vacation five. <laughs> you have Elf number two. I have no idea what's number one. Oh my gosh, it's gonna make so many people mad, and I really don't care. It's a Christmas story. I love a Christmas okay. story, and I don't even mean it. Like, I have read all of the people who are like, it is an objectively bad movie, or it is not good. It is like a cult favorite now. It wasn't, and all of that stuff. Like, no, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's this fantastic movie. Um, in like the sense of like, it's corny. It's you know, there are parts of it that are like not the most well-written, but it's just like, I don't know, for me, I think something, especially as I've gotten older, is like we talk a lot about like Christmas magic, holiday magic, and how like, you know, a lot of that's lost as you get older, because you realize like the people who made that real for you were like your parents. And as you get older, you have to like make your own holiday magic, if you will. For me, when I watch a Christmas story, that's like holiday magic for me. So like it's my number one because it makes me happy. I just like, especially cause they play it like for 24 hours starting on Christmas Eve, but I'll watch it before then. And for anyone who's asked, I have watched the like new one, which is actually more of a prequel ish type of, it's really actually kind of cool how they set the whole thing up to work within the world of a Christmas story. Um, and it's, it's very good. It's very much in the same vein of the original but if you don't like the original you will not like the second one um but you kind of have to just go into it that they were you know kind of playing off the same jokes the same style the same all of that um but 
it's just like, I don't know, like the way that I know that people feel about Christmas Vacation, for instance, which I do really like that movie. Um, but the way that I know that like people feel about The Holiday, for example, which didn't even make my top five. That's um, favorite movie. I just think that there's something about certain Christmas movies or holiday movies that just make you like, they either make you laugh or they make you feel like, just like nostalgic for, you know, the holiday season, or it's like just something that like makes you feel in the spirit of it, or it brings you a little brightness if your holiday season isn't so bright. Like there's just something about it that, um, so for me, that, that movie is a Christmas story. It just always makes me happy. It's kind of like, you know, my wife and I were having this conversation about rom-coms mm. like, you know, 2000s era early 2010s rom-coms they're all kind of the same movie yeah it's a they're, they're all kind like of, a style book <laughs> yeah but everybody has their own like favorite rom-com even though they all sort of follow like the same sort of schedule mm -hmm. everybody likes different ones and it just sort of depends on like what do you have emotional attachments to what like what what is that if that triggers something so like Christmas Vacation we watched all the time with my grandparents mm. and there are specific scenes in that movie where when I'm watching it even if I'm not with my grandfather I can hear his cackling laughter <laughs> that, that makes it sound rude his laugh his laugh is cute I can hear his laughter at I get specific it. scenes um and so I that one it. will always hold a special place in my heart I have a question for you though because yes. one movie that was notably absent from both of our top fives is Home Alone was Home Alone close did it get consideration it did, but then I had this discussion of I think I actually like the second one more than I like the first one. I think okay. I like the New York one more. Um, I I had this conversation actually with my husband, with Kyle, about Home Alone, and like we both like think we like the first one, but at the same time we're like not sure if it's like something that we would go seek out to watch it, like if it's on TV. But like I would choose to watch the second one, so like I think the second one is like just outside of my top five, whereas the first one is kind of like in a would consider if it just happens to be on TV type of movie for me. I love both of those movies, but I was going to give you a hot take, which now doesn't seem as hot. I was going to tell you that I think Home Alone 2 is significantly better than Home Alone 1, <laughs> even though like it's it's this they did the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. Between the first one and the second one. And the second one was better. It's just more wild. fun because it's yeah. like in a different location and they're running around New York. You've got the pigeons like you got FAO Schwartz or I know it's like not FAO Schwartz or whatever in the movie, but like, you've got the, like, I don't know. The, there's, there's, there are a few places like New York at Christmas, like Christmas time in New York city. Um, and they definitely kind of capture that within it. Plus um, he absolutely destroys the family's home. Just oh yeah. destroys it. Oh yeah. At the end. So, yeah. Okay. Let's move into like the main topic. So okay. I want the to stuff that people are actually here for. But if yeah, you well, I are here, here stuff no, too. I want people on if they're watching on YouTube, though, I want them to leave a comment about their favorite Christmas movie. You can't shame. We're not going to shame you, but just leave a comment and tell us what yours is, because I'm curious how different people's are. If you want to debate the diehard thing in the comments, please do. That's fine. Nothing like a little end of year debate on the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but that being said. Spider-Man No Way Home is a Christmas movie, and we will not be accepting any arguments to the contrary. <laughs> um, so if you would like to take that argument to YouTube's comment section, don't do it. Don't do it. We will not allow that. Aaron, we are moving into a new era of Nebraska football. So I had this idea with us. 
you know, it's December 29th when we're recording this. Maybe you're listening to this podcast on like New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Like everybody's getting ready to sort of transition to like the next era, the next year. They're like they have plans that they want to do for this next year. They have things that they want to do. Nebraska wants to be better at football in the new year. <laughs> um, Nebraska wants to be a better football team, a more complete football team in the new year. Nebraska has a new coach. Mm-hmm. To reach that goal, Matt Rule is beginning. And he has technically already begun. He's gone through the early signing period. Nebraska has a new signing class. Um, but with us sort of moving into a new year, there's sort of like a newness of the whole thing. And so mm-hmm. with that being the case, I was actually reading the 2019 Hale Varsity yearbook a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Throwback. And I was reading the the story that I wrote with Luke Gifford and Gerald Ford um, and Foster. Mick Stoltenberg. You did what? not interview the, you did not interview the president. You interviewed oh, Gerald Foster, not Gerald what Ford. <laughs> what did I say? You said Gerald Ford. <laughs> Gerald <laughs> Foster. President. Gerald Foster. I talked to Gerald Yes, Foster. for everyone, for the 2019 uh, Hill Varsity Yearbook, Derek actually talked to a former United States president. <laughs> I did. He had a lot of big thoughts on Nebraska football. Um <laughs> And I was just reading about that first year, that 2018 season, where they start 0-6 under Scott Frost. Um, They close with four wins in their last six games. There was some excitement. There was that moment against Michigan State, which, like, I don't remember if it was John or if it was Eric that captured the photo, but it's Scott holding the ball up in the snow with, like, the biggest smile on his face. Um, I don't know if, if, you know – Folks, how many folks listening to this will like want to reminisce on good moments from the previous era of Nebraska football? But we're talking about top fives. And so I asked you to come up with your five favorite memories of the previous era of Nebraska football. And I didn't really give you any more parameters than that. So like if you go back to Mike Riley's era or if you go back to, you know, like there were some good moments in the 2016 season. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of like, you know, this is pretty open ended. So I kind of let you run with it. I, like as I was thinking back, the Minnesota win where they got their first one of the season and just sort of that release in 2018, um, I was thinking about that Michigan State game. So I kind of want to hear as as somebody, you know, I think one of one of um, your best attributes as a reporter, as a writer, is is the ability that you have to build relationships with the players on the team that we were covering. And so you had this sort of like emotional attachment to some of this stuff. So I'm curious, as you look back on some of the the good moments of the previous era, where you're going to go with this, if this is going to be another situation where Christmas vacation comes in at number five. Um, so no, I don't your number, so, but I do think you changed my, my top one actually. So, Oh, okay. So your number, let's start with your number five and we'll work our way up. What's your number five? Um, I would say my number five is probably, and this is going to feel a little bit like cheating, but just go with me. There's a reason it's five is um, the Peach Bowl in 2017, the 2017. And the reason why I bring that one up is I went to Atlanta and got a chance to watch that Scott Frost UCF team. And I want to point out it for people who are like, I don't want to reminisce about Scott Frost. A lot of this is about the players. And I think that that's something we're celebrating over the last decade, no matter how you felt about any coach is the players who are a part of the program and made everything what it is or the support staff. Um, but I do remember that sort of kicked off a time period that um, I just remember the excitement 
around it. The players were so excited. The players at Nebraska, you know, were watching what was going to happen at the Peach Bowl. Um, that was also the time period where Scott was both recruiting for Nebraska at the same time that he was coaching that UCF team and had flown to, you know, California to recruit Adrian Martinez almost like instantly. There's just so much. I just remember returning home from that and Noah Vedral was on my flight. And at the time, no one knew what he was going to do, but it kind of was becoming clear that he was going to leave UCF and like Nebraska was going to probably be his landing spot. And I think in that moment that the reason I put it on the list is just the, the, like the camaraderie and the feeling around the program at that moment in time when no one knew it was to come was so almost electric. People were so ready for spring football to begin for, to see what would happen that, um, that I think will always be a pretty big moment for me over the last, you know, sort of decade, especially, but just kind of that moment of hope. I think that's what brings everyone back to sports is that idea of hope. And there was definitely a lot of it at that moment. And I'd say that's probably why people have not maybe felt that exact same thing, because that was sort of lightning in a bottle. You get this, you know, former player coming back. It had just this amazing season at UCF. It was sort of this thing you aren't going to replicate in most cases. It's, it was like the perfect story that unfortunately had the all but perfect ending. But that moment at the beginning of it was a really great memory. I don't have a, I don't, I don't have my own top five list. I'll, I'll have a little, <laughs> a, a few moments that I'll sprinkle in here, but I, okay. I, I want to hear yours and I want to make sure that we give time for yours. Cause you're on a little bit of a time crunch today. Um, one of one of my favorite just like little nuggets was mm-hmm. is actually something that plays at the beginning of this podcast. And I actually had somebody reach out to me um, a week or two ago and be like, you have to change the intro audio, mm-hmm. which we probably do. <laughs> we probably we'll, we'll figure it out in the new year. Um, it's it's Eric Janander with the little Mike LaPel thing, holding it versus clipping it onto. His oh, you mean Yako, not Shander. No, no, no. Shenander joking about it. Oh, that's right. He did make the joke. I completely yeah. forgot about that. He joked oh about it. Yeah. That's is that, right. a, I don't know. Is that at the beginning? No, the turd thing. You can polish a turd. It's still a turd. That's yeah. at the beginning of this podcast. Um, no, the mic thing didn't make it in actually, but the mic thing where he makes fun of that whole situation and then sort of almost deadpans to the camera, like waits for everybody, waits for the laugh track to kick in. That mm-hmm. was, that was excellent. Um, your number four favorite moment of the the previous era of Nebraska football? Um, I would probably say um, that Michigan State moment was pretty great. That Michigan State game where um, I just remember the elation of everyone, um, but it was also such a cool game. Snow games are really cool. They create great photography. I know our photographers really like, it's very cold when that happens, but it, it also makes just for great photography. And um, it was... Yeah, it was just a, that one was a lot of fun. Like, it was just fun to watch. And um, there was also a lot of serendipity with it because that was also, I think the final score was what, nine to six. Mm -hmm. And every point in that game was scored by field goals. And that was also the game where um, both uh, the Fultz family and the Sather family were at Nebraska at Memorial Stadium. And there was just kind of a lot of like, just, I, you know, 
it felt very fitting that the only points scored in this game were from kicks. So that one is a, honestly, that could be a like higher rated one, but I, that that's a highly, that, that one's definitely in the top five. So I'd put it at four. Yeah. Yeah. I already agree. Um, does the, does the 2019 Northwestern game make your list? The ending of that game? That's um, Noah Vedrill drives him down the field, gets in a field goal range. They kick a field goal to win 13-10. We've got that photo of Wandale Robinson kind of squatting on the sideline, looking at it with like his hand. Is that game on your list? Based on your reaction, I'm thinking no. I forgot about that game, honestly. Like not trying to be like, not trying to be like, but there's so much that happened over five years. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot about that game. I need to go find that photo. Yeah, because I'm, yeah, that one was um, because you know I, I see the photo in my head. That the I think maybe why North, Nebraska Northwestern like just doesn't sometimes register for me is because of how wild that series is in general. Because when you said Nebraska Northwestern, my mind just turned through like five different things where I'm like, which Nebraska Northwestern? You could sit there and be like, what's your favorite Nebraska Northwestern ending? And it's like, was it Ron Kellogg? Was it you know? There, there's so there's so many of these like just close matchups between these two programs that make for like a lot of good memories <laughs> and, a, and a lot of bad memories uh, of because bad I think memories. I think the reason that 2019 game stands out so much is because of just sort of like the the feeling on the field mm-hmm. in Evanston in 2018 mm-hmm. when they were so close to having their first win and then it was just it just fell apart at, at the last possible second mm-hmm. yeah what's your number three um okay this one's gonna be wild but see i think if we look at a lot of these from the last you know it's kind of sad somebody's gonna point this out they're gonna be like oh this kind of all has a theme it does to a degree um but like that you brought up the 2019 season the one win that stood out to me was at maryland that game was in the rain. And so maybe there's something about this that like, there's things that like happen that remind me of a moment. So like, I remember that Maryland game because of the rain. And I remember um, kind of thinking like, how is this going to affect this team? Like how, how is this, you know, anytime there's any kind of like adverse weather, you kind of wonder like how it's going to affect different things. And I remember that one because of, and it's so funny because I, I'm, don't always know. So Nebraska won that one 54 to seven. I had to just go double check. And that one felt like, I just remember the look on people's faces. They were just so thrilled. They were so happy. Um, Greg Austin was like standing off to the side um, of the field after the game. And you could just tell how happy everyone was. And um, they were yelling at each other, but not like yelling, like, but they were just like, so joyful and I think like those are the moments for me that I remember is kind of like when these players had that level of joy so like I guess you could put like Northwestern beating Northwestern in a close game and maybe that's why Michigan State stood out but there's just these moments where you felt so happy for them where you're like they finally got one and then it just like couldn't stay consistent like 
that's the stuff where it's just like they couldn't stay consistent with it. And that's the hard part because when those memories come back, where then the next week Nebraska loses 27 to 24 to Iowa, it's this heartbreaking like loss. And so you go from this like absolute like high, high to this, you know, kind of pretty low, low, knowing you're not going to make a bowl game. This was sort of it. Um, so, yeah, that one, that one stands out to me. But I, I, I could almost lump a lot of that 2019 season into one. <laughs> now that you brought up Northwestern, which I just completely forgot about. Where are you going at for number two? Um, I'm going to go with Ireland as a trip. And I will bring that up because it was the one thing I want to say about um, something like that. So like when John Cook takes volleyball overseas and they go, they've traveled to China and they've played else, you know, they've played in other countries is it's such an opportunity for the student athletes. And I think that was for me, the coolest part about seeing the team in Ireland when they had that big pep rally and there's so many fans there. And obviously with Northwestern, there's so many memorable moments from that game. Someone will bring out, bring on the uh, onside kick and everything else. Um, (laughs) But aside from that, I just remember that pep rally and um, they were just like, they're, they were so excited about it. Like they looked out into this crowd of people and they were just having the best time even you know scott frost who had become over his career more and more tightly controlled with how much he would let people in you could tell was letting a little bit more loose but i remember even like after they left the stage and they came down trev alberts was walking off with his wife and he walked up to me and was just like can you believe this like they were just floored by the support and the fact that people and i just thought like what an amazing experience for every single person that is here fan student athlete everything you wish the outcome of the game had been different of course but there's something about getting to go see and experience something different and for a lot of these student athletes this was their first time out out of the country they had to get passports they had to get you know a lot of things together to make it possible so i i really i really appreciated that whole i don't know just getting to see that moment take place for student athletes was cool yeah i'm sure sort of in that same that same vein i don't you know like the game did not like a lot of these like the game doesn't end the way the fan base wants it to end but for me like i grew up around i grew up in uh in omaha um just outside omaha and bellevue um so like i knew how important nebraska football was Mm -hmm. but then like you know i spent so many years in oklahoma i went to school at ou when i came back sort of the the you know that oregon game in 2017 when we went out to eugene that one was like oh wow there's a lot of nebraska fans here Mm -hmm. um the I, I just there was like a there was you know I have I have a, a memory that just sticks out in my brain of seeing just a, a literal sea of red at the Colorado game yeah in Boulder and just like that was wild thinking like this fan base is ridiculous like this fan base is insane like I know you know it's Colorado so you know it's not like having to to get a, a plane ride or a dirt drive cross country out to Oregon, you know, it's a little bit easier to get to for a lot of folks or for some folks. Um, but mm-hmm. still like, you know, it was a non-conference game out of the state. Nebraska just completely took that stadium over. Um, yep. 
I remember that that sort of sticks out in my brain from the from the previous eras. Like for me personally, just being like this fan base is ridiculous. This is incredible. Truly. Um, we just went over your number three, correct? No, that was two. two. That was two. Yeah. Okay. Where, where are you at with number one? So I now as I'm saying these all out loud, because like, I just want to point out to anyone listening, like this was really hard. There's so many moments over not only just the last like five years, but also over the last decade, last 15, 20 years that you could point to that are. And so I just kind of I did just keep it to the last five. So I do want to after we do number one, give a caveat since you said I could have technically opened it up if I would have thought that way, because I do want to point one thing out that I think is a moment people will appreciate. But my number one is the win over Iowa this year. And um, the reason I bring that up is I, I think like a lot of my most memorable moments for Nebraska, again, is when there's something that is substantial for the student athlete, for the person who has like poured their heart and soul into something for however many years and maybe not gotten to see the results that they would have liked to have seen from them. And I think for myself, I, what stood out is I was standing in the end zone, like maybe 10 feet from the heroes trophy. And, um, I knew, I knew it was like, it was coming. I'm like, they're going to obviously be running right this way. And so I kind of like made sure that I was in a spot where I could watch that. And you're trying to do this thing where you're trying to take the moment in while also capturing it because for Hill varsity, obviously for people that aren't there, you want to capture that moment so people can feel it. Not everyone can be right there in that moment on the sideline. So you're trying to, um, but it was just like watching someone like Garrett Nelson, for instance, who poured again his heart and soul into Nebraska, whether, um, you know, he saw the results that he wanted to or not, felt he accomplished what he wanted to or not. I think all of them would say that they didn't accomplish what they wanted to in their time. But he had this moment where, yes, it's the Heroes Trophy. It's a win over Iowa, but it was like they won the Super Bowl. And he's walking that trophy down the entire line of fans, making sure that everybody can touch that trophy. And to see the photo that was taken where a bunch of them jumped up into the stands and Casey Thompson is in the middle of it and Garrett Nelson is right to his side and then, you know, players filled in around them. I remember over the summer there was a lot of kind of like, you know, conversation of like how was Casey Thompson going to fit in was he going and I mean we even talked about it on this podcast I talked about the differences with of how Casey's personality is to someone like Adrian's personality and how not one makes one better or worse than the other but that Casey is a very individual focused and you know person like and that's okay but in that moment, it was kind of showed you that like they were all just a team excited about this win. They accomplished this thing that they set their they they got they got the win. You the one that I just brought up in 2019, where you go and you beat Maryland big, but then you lose 27 to 24 to Iowa. Nebraska had been looking for that win over Iowa for many, many years <laughs> and finally got it. And I understand, and I've seen it in the comments where people are like, who cares? Like, it's just beating Iowa. But you know what? This is why we love the game of football, basketball, any sport. Like, soccer, doesn't matter. Is the chance to, to do something unexpected. And I think that one was truly the unexpected thing after the last season, especially. Um, I, I will probably never forget that moment. And... I am grateful that I got to witness it because I think there's something incredibly powerful about experiencing joy. 
And I really encourage Nebraska fans as much as you can. Like, I understand the last, like, I'm not telling you to settle. Please don't like have high expectations. But if you're just looking for things to kind of like hang your hat on, look for those moments of joy, look for the things that make the game what it is and watching players be so happy and so excited and so just like joyful is a very rewarding thing for me because I've seen the people who go oh it's me the media just wants them to lose because they they like to like pile on and stuff no it's so much more fun to cover a win it's so much more fun to cover people who are joyful and happy and getting to experience something great um it's not fun to sit and listen to be people be sad and tell you the same thing all the time. So I will never apologize to anyone for being a person who looks towards the joy and looks towards those as my favorite moment. Like, I don't think anyone would fault me for it, but like, those are going to always be the things that stand out over anything else that happens is like the moments that you just felt sincere joy for people. So that one stands out and yeah, there's a recency bias, but I do think it was a pretty significant moment. Yeah, no, I was going to, I was going to bring that one up if you didn't. So Good. It makes sense. It makes sense as a number one. If you said you were going to change or thought about changing, if we like bump the timeline back to include pre Scott Frost, would you have had a significantly different order? Would you have had a different number one? I mean, there would have been different moments in the Mike Riley era and even into the Bo Pelini era, era that I'd bring in. But I do want to just say, I think over the last 10 years, there was this moment. Um, <laughs> so at the spring game of this year, 2022, um, I bumped into uh, Gerald Foltz, uh, Sam Foltz's dad. And the thing about the Foltz family is after Sam passed away, they were around pretty much all the time. They wanted to be able to really see the group of individuals that had been in Sam's um recruiting class and just you know the, anyone who knew him they they wanted to be around for those individuals and so they continued to show up to every game to be a part of things and I when I bumped into him at the spring game and it might have actually been a spring practice it doesn't the 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 whole when I bumped into him part doesn't matter I just remember I gave him a big hug and said I'm so glad to see you and he goes you know I think the time has come that you probably aren't going to see me around all the time. And I'm getting kind of teary talking about it because I was like, oh my gosh, why are you saying that? He's like, you know, at this point, Sam would have been graduated. All of the individuals that, you know, knew us have graduated and have started to move on. And now I'm just, he was, he's always very, um, he's, he's got a very good sense of humor because he's like making, he would like made fun of himself where he's like, oh, these young kids don't need to see this old man around anymore and, you know, have to like come and talk to him. Now they'll always be around for those games where they have the honor. They do the honor for the Sam Foltz scholarship and everything else. But like, that was the only game I saw them this year. And it was the first time in, you know, what, several years that I didn't see both Gerald and Jill at every single game or at least most of them and it kind of gave me this moment where when you said what's something that you will always remember i will always remember the way that mike riley and his staff handled the loss of sam Foltz and how every team that came that season honored him by bringing 
jerseys with his name on it or placing flowers at the 27 yard line or just doing these little things to remember him there were helmet stickers there were just all these little things but like I also think more than anything else I watched players come up to Nebraska players and just express their condolences and it just you suddenly like realize in this moment that yes it's a game and yes there's a competition to be had here but there's such a human level to it and um I don't know, something about that came very full circle for me this year when Gerald said, you know, like, I think this might be the last time I'm around all the time. And I just thought, like, it felt like kind of a strange, like, end of an era, if you will, where I was like, no, the Fultz family are Nebraska. Like, and so they'll still be around. But, like, I think if I can just kind of sum anything up, yes, Nebraska fans deserve wins. You deserve winning seasons. You deserve to feel happy and joyful all the time. But there was a lot of like very real human things that have happened in the last 5, 10, 15, 20 beyond years. And I think those are the things that make Nebraska special is those moments where you realize what connected people and not what pulled them apart. And so I hope the Fultz family continues to know that they are more than welcome to always be around. They're some of the best people. Um, and they know that obviously, but um, I just hope that people continue to just like be good to one another as much as you can. Cause life is short. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, so just be good to one another because that is truly the best part of this is what connects, connects people. So when you hear people go, sorry, I'm on a rant now, but I'm just going to say, when you see that above the gates, through these gates past the greatest fans in college football, you can argue that whether you believe that to be true or not, whatever, it doesn't matter. To make that continue to be true, just try to find the joy where you can. Again, have high standards. You you don't deserve losing seasons. Um, But I think just like kind of remembering what, what makes, why we keep showing up to cover, to cheer for, to be a part of something. And it's, it's about the people. It's not just about the results. But again, I say that, please don't yell at me in the comments or tweet at me. I'm saying that you deserve wins too, but it is about the people. Hey man, I don't know if that statement above the, uh, as you enter, I don't know if that's really up for debate. Like it has its moments when people get frustrated because they feel like people aren't like always happy. Think about where, Think about where I went to school. Think about what what that fan base has looked like over the last twelve months. Yeah, um, that's fair. Particularly, there was a player who played at Oklahoma State who starred on Oklahoma State's defense, who recently announced he was transferring to Oklahoma, and it has a lot of Oklahoma State fans in their feels about it. And there are even more Oklahoma fans. Uh, being the moral compass talking about how, no, no, you shouldn't do this. It's a kid. It's a, be happy for the kid. Be happy for what he gave mm-hmm. you. When like they have spent, and I know this because I run a Pac-12 social media account, literally 12 months in the mentions of USC and anything USC related nonstop, just complaining. And I don't know if I can say a curse word, but uh, <laughs> crap talking. Yeah, that's so fine. You Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams incessantly. And like, I had one person who, who once told me like, I don't want to hear about Wando Robinson anymore, which is like perfectly reasonable. But like, you know, people were happy for, to see Wandale succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a lot of people that were happy to see Adrian Martinez succeed at Kansas state this past year. 
I mean, uh, how many people were excited to see Casey Casey Rogers? He played fantastic for Oregon against North Carolina. He had Just, one of the plays of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I saw a lot of people who were really thrilled for him. They were like, good God, just be like, it stinks because you want it. You wish that you could have seen that at Nebraska. But I think that I do think a majority of fans, even the ones that are like, we want better results, do not fault the individuals when they go see them be successful elsewhere. They're not like, I do think. Cool watch. I agree. It's cool to watch. It's cool yeah. to watch as a, as a, a couple degrees more removed now that yes. I am. Um, definitely great. I, I have, if you're listening to this, um, through headphones, not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening to the podcast version of this and you have a, a specific favorite memory that we didn't talk about or something that you just want to add to, um, go ahead and tweet at Aaron and I, and let us know. Aaron yes. Sorensen is, is just her name at Aaron Sorensen, S E N at the end and tweet at me at D R underscore P E T E Y. Let us know what your favorite memory is. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop it in the comments. I would if, much if rather... If anyone heard a belch while you said my uh, handle, it was Scout, my dog. If you're watching, you would see her. But if you're listening, you won't. Uh, she decided to join the podcast once again, and she belched very close to my headphone speaker. So just Golly. really great. Thank you so much for that. Scout is just like a... <laughs> At this point, I'm going to have to ask you and Scout on. This is two podcasts in a row that, that we've had a Scout appearance. Yeah, she's she is uh, definitely she's got her. I should also say sorry to everyone if you're like we're, she has a UNO collar on for my my husband went to UNO, so yeah, she's got her it. UNO Mavericks collar on. <laughs> All right, well yes. you've got you've got stuff you got to do, Aaron. So I'll let you get to it. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It was good to this was this was fun. This was a fun way to close out the year. It was. Thank you for having me. Thank you to all of you for listening, both to this episode and then all throughout the, the year. I really appreciate all of you guys. Um, if you don't have a Hale Varsity subscription, go get that fixed. HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Use the promo code Varsity. Um, I also want to say shouts to Cam for you guys don't ever see him, but he produced this episode and every episode this year. He's excellent, even when I don't do the things that he asks me to do <laughs> until like five minutes before this episode goes live. Um, he's awesome. And so just shout out to him. I can see him in the little window. He's not in the he's not on the video right now, but I can see him just like laughing. He's like, yeah, this, this, this idiot will not give me the things that I need in a timely manner. Um, so shouts to him for uh, for dealing with that and putting up with that. Shouts to you guys for listening again. Shouts to Aaron for being on. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the holidays and uh, have a happy new year and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks guys. A Huda Media Production.